Today's Unseminary podcast episode is brought to you by Church Community Builder. I love how these guys help church leaders make and grow disciples by providing software and coaching focused on improving operational effectiveness. Church Community Builder provides leaders like me with insights into engagement of our church community, helping us close the gaps that allow people to slip away unnoticed. Visit churchcommunitybuilder.com to learn more. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the podcast. My name's Rich, uh, the host around these parts. So glad that you've decided to spend some time uh, with us today. I know that this weekend, you may be a little bit nervous because you're like, gosh, we're heading into the weekend. There's a lot coming up at your at your church. I'm honored and privileged that you would take time out to listen to us today. Um, I know you've got a lot of things you could be doing with your time, whether you're, you know, maybe you're out running this morning or doing something, getting ready for this this today. And I'm just thankful that you would take some time uh, to be with us today. Um, I've really been looking forward to this, this conversation. I think we're going to learn a lot. This is going to be interesting kind of dive on a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, we've got Mark Lunsford with us. He is at Hope Fellowship. Hope is one of those churches that you really should get a chance to get to know. It's one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Um, they started... It's kind of a little bit of that classic story. Frisco, Texas started with 51 people in 2000 and has grown um, now over 5,000 people expanding, uh, you know, three campuses. Rumor has it they're working on thinking through it. The next one, maybe we're breaking some news there today. Uh, great church. You really should be following them. And we're just I'm glad to have you on the show today, Mark. Thanks for being here. Hey, great to be here. Excited to join uh, the conversation. Nice. Now, if you, um, what, how would you describe your role when people stop you and say, hey, Mark, what do you do? What do you say? Well, people ask me that all the time because my title is executive pastor and they're like, we don't see you on the stage. In fact, we see you kind of around every now and then, of course, with multi-site. Yes. I'm traveling to different sites, so I'm not there all the time at yep. their campus. And so they're like, so what, what is it that you do? And so um, I've had a difficult time trying to explain <laughs> it, but uh, what, what, I, what I'm always doing for Hope Fellowship, and I partner with our lead pastor, John McKenzie, and, to just to, and, and my role is to help him to think through what's next. What are we doing next? What's our next step? Mm -hmm. So from the time when, when I first arrived at Hope and we were just running 1,000 to where now we're uh, have grown a lot over five and 6,000, mm -hmm. it's been a lot of steps along the journey. So I'm yeah. always trying to think about what's next. And I'm thinking about what's next in the areas of staffing and hiring. Mm -hmm. What's next in the areas of ministry? How are we expanding ministry? What's next in the in the areas of uh, finance? And I, I serve as our CFO for our organization, and so it's just all of those areas of what's next. And then I coach and mentor and lead our our staff, mm -hmm. and so primarily now I'm mentoring and leading the leaders mm -hmm. of uh, our our who lead the, the staff, the, right. the pastors on the ground and the, the leaders on the ground. So um, that's, it's just been an evolutionary role and it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to describe, but the easiest way is to just say, I'm always thinking about what's next. Absolutely. I appreciate that. That's a good way to describe it. I know I serve a similar role at our church and I sometimes say, I feel like I'm a professional poker. I'm kind of poking <laughs> us to where are we going next? What's, you know, Hey, what about this? What about that? Maybe we should be thinking through these kinds of issues. Right. Um, maybe we should be worrying about that. Now, you know, you lead a multi-site staff, and today we're going to kind of try to dive deep a little bit into the staffing issues. 
Um, you guys, why don't you give us kind of a capsulation of your multi-site story? You know, kind of how, you know, give us a sense sure. of why you got into multi-site and what does it look like today? And then we can pivot into what you're learning from, you know, a multi-site staff point of view. Well, our church was, as you mentioned, it was launched in 2000. It was launched portable. Mm -hmm. And in 2005, we moved into our very first building, which was a 500-seat auditorium in Frisco, on the east mm -hmm. side of Frisco. And uh, after a couple of years of growth, we actually felt the need to expand that. We have uh, a nine-acre place right there on the east side of Frisco. And so we expanded that to a 1,000-seat auditorium that opened up in 2009. Mm. And, uh, you know, God just uh, continue to allow us to grow mm -hmm. and so around 2010 2011 it was obvious that we we know that our mission was to reach as many people that that God would allow to come uh, into our community and our community was continuing to grow and so we kind of were at a crossroads do we uh, relocate mm. and get a bigger site or do we start to explore this idea of multi-site and I honestly for us multi-site was um, not, I, I know kind of right now it's a very normal, natural, and in a way it's kind of trendy to, mm -hmm. to think about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but for us, it was just not our, what our experience was. So we right. really thought and prayed hard about it. And, um, but in the end, we just really felt, okay, you know what? I think God is calling us to, uh, expand by being local to different, uh, areas and uh, really be able to reach that community better. And so that's when we made the decision to go multi-site. And one of the things when we first started thinking about multi-site, uh, the places we went to ask them about it, they would, a lot of them would say, one of our first mistake, big mistakes was going too small. Mm. And so we said, oh man, we're gonna go big, you know? And so <laughs> um, we actually ended up our first- well, it's Texas after all, right? Uh, it's Texas. That, that joke was to set itself uh, up, come on. <laughs> our first multi-site uh, is in McKinney, Texas, and that's our just our neighboring town from Frisco. And uh, what we did was we bought uh, an, a former Albertsons, and it's right on uh, two basically highways, the corner of two highways in a very highly trafficked area. And uh, that was 50,000 square feet, mm -hmm. and we remodeled that. And uh, that's our first one. We launched that in August 2012. Mm -hmm. And when we launched that, we sent uh, several hundred people out there, plus then they started to impact their community. Mm. But back at our original site, we continued to grow mm. and uh, we knew we were going to have to do something quickly. So another Albertsons on the west side of Frisco came available. So we purchased that and uh, that opened in December of 2013. So right now we're at three, three sites and uh, it's a kind of unique situation mm. where our physical campuses are similar sizes. Yeah. We do our... Uh, production site is at our original location and then it's a live video at our other two sites. We have campus pastors at each site and full uh, staff from children, students, worship, uh, it's Grove Ministry, etc. at each site. Uh, and then we support that through uh, a central team. So each department has a lead uh, from students, children's, worship, communication missions, and uh, then uh, we have the campus staff right on the ground. Yeah, so you're looking for the next Albertsons to go bankrupt, we're, really. We're, <laughs> we're, we're kind of running out of Albertsons. <laughs> and uh, okay. you know what, as we've done three, now we're, we're open to different models. You yeah. know, it's not going to have to always look the same. Right. And right now, that's what we're praying about. You kind of mentioned, yeah. well, right now we're just praying about, okay, what does it look that's like going saying. forward? Uh, I mean, we're praying about, do we expand our original campus again, if we right. possibly can, we're just limited in our uh, in our acreage right there mm -hmm. and uh, and then or is there another site and then what's the 
best way to leverage that. And, and mm -hmm. right now, we're, we're trying to move people off of that Frisco East site um, to, to then allow that to continue to grow back. Right. But it's also a challenge because three years later, um, getting leadership at that campus uh, from a volunteer standpoint and, and doing that quickly, um, you know, it's, 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 we're, we're still working through that. We're still trying to figure it out and, and learn how to do it best. And, and so we're, we're continuing to learn and grow. And, you know, I've been in the ministry for a long time and uh, you always think, oh, well, I'm going to know how to do it <laughs> at some point. And I'm still looking for that point. You know? <laughs> still waiting for that. Well, let's talk about maybe some of the things you're learning from a staff point of view. You know, as you're kind of leading the staff from a multi-site point of view, it is more complex, you know, as a leader who's been in it for a while. Um, same thing. I feel like I'm constantly learning, trying to learn. And so what are some of those things that you've kind of learned about leading your staff in a multi-site church that maybe are a little different um, that from when you were in a mono-site you know, mono church? Well, the biggest thing is that uh, it's much when we were one site, it was much easier for the culture and the DNA to just infuse into mm -hmm. our staff. First mm -hmm. of all, you, you have fewer of them, so mm -hmm. it's easier to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with them. Mm -hmm. But also, they're around you more. Uh, right. They're around the, the, the leaders more, the lead pastor, myself, maybe other leaders that have been in the, the ministry a long time. So w one thing that I've found is just vital is to seed that new multi-site with the DNA and the culture that that has been there from the beginning. So uh, I think that's that's important. Now at the same time, like for us, we weren't able to fully staff a multi-site, none of our multi-sites with people that we already had mm. because we needed to, we, we had to pull some people in from the outside because we needed their experience. We didn't have right. everybody ready to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, But at the same time, we needed to make sure that we seeded these sites with people who had mm -hmm. been on our staff. So. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things about it. The other thing about it that we're still learning is that, um, you, you know, it's, it, and we're trying to figure out that balance between, like, for some, for instance, we're one, one church in multiple sites. So, what does it look like when a staff member moves from one site to another site? Is that mm. a negative? Is it a positive? Mm. How do we help people to understand the positive around right. that? Uh, so, that's like further down the road. But at the beginning, Seeding that with people that have your DNA, that have your culture, that have been around, that have as a leader, whether the, the lead pastor, the vision of the church, their heart, and they can communicate that. So when you're bringing in new staff, they're not going to be around the ones that have been there forever mm -hmm. as much. So you need to be able to help infuse that DNA. How are you practically infusing that DNA? What does that look like for you? What are the kind of tools or approaches that you're using to kind of ensure, particularly those new staff are getting? So getting one one thing, our central leadership team uh, last year, we got together because we started to recognize this. We, we What happened was we, we knew that we were going to have to seed people. But then mm -hmm. after a couple of years, after you bring in more people, and now we did our, our, our third site, mm -hmm. Um, we recognize that there's a learning curve. And mm -hmm. how can we make that learning curve of here's who we are and mm -hmm. here's what your experience has been. How can we close that gap? Mm. So we got together and we said, let's create uh, culture statements. These are the culture statements that say, if you come to our hmm. staff, this is who we are. This is what you can expect. And so we ended up coming together and we, we created six of them. Okay. And I'll just run through them real yeah, quick. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one was, the first one is choose your lens which are your lens as if like your glasses because mm -hmm. you, you can look at things through a lot of different lenses. So we want to choose uh, the lens we look at. And for, for us, that's really one thing is trust. Mm -hmm. Choose the lens of trust when you're talking to other staff members mm -hmm. because trust that they have 
the the, the goodwill of mm. uh, the mission of hope in, mm. in mind, but also choose there's positivity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's change that's going to be happening. How can you uh, uh, how can you uh, choose a, a lens of positivity as you're as you're going forward? Mm-hmm. The second. Uh, culture statement was healthy you equals healthy us and one of the mm. things that is john and i uh our lead pastor and i is we have t- uh, talked for years about leading a uh, a church and and impacting not only a community but but even beyond what would that look like if we could do that while having a healthy staff you mm. know and uh, in our experience i mean we we kind of look back and we say i don't even know if we have seen that happen where a mega church mm-hmm. uh, or even a larger than a than a mega church has uh, a whole uh, a healthy staff mm-hmm. and so if but if we didn't think it was possible we wouldn't be trying it so uh, <laughs> and i'm not sure if we're 100 percent successful but what we're trying to do is say hey we we want you as a staff member to be healthy mm-hmm. and so we try to put tools in, in their uh in their hands and we try to mentor them towards that but healthy you equals healthy us because mm-hmm. if you as the staff member are not healthy whether that's spiritually staying connected mm-hmm. in your spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. or physically or, or mentally if you're not healthy in all these ways mm-hmm. then how can we as a church be healthy so so that's that's what we do and then uh, our third statement is we is greater than me mm-hmm. and uh, we just like the fact that we're a team right. and you know what together we're going to be better than doing it on our own. So yes, I might think I have a great idea, but you know what? It gets even better when it's uh, around the, the team. And um, and so we all have to kind of think that way. So you might think you have a great idea, but you know what? Let's listen to some some collective wisdom and, and uh, let's do it together. Mm. Togetherness and being a team, that's a really important value for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth one for us is make it better. And mm. uh, we just want, as a staff member, I want you to be thinking about how you can make it better. Mm. How can you, whatever you're doing, and we, there's simple things that we think about, like you're walking by and you pick up a piece of trash that that is on the ground because that's our, that's our church. Mm. That's not just for operations or facilities to come by and fix that. I hope, well, I hope they, they fix that. Well, I hope they do that. Or even if you see something in a ministry that, you know what, if they did this, it could make it better. We'll go to that leader and, and share that with mm. them. Not out of, hey, I, I'd like to help you do your job, but man, I want the, the us to make it better because we're when we work together we's greater than me and mm. we can together mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's uh that, cool. those are uh other things and so the fourth the fifth thing is yes. live mission okay and our mission is love connect grow and serve and so that's not just something we preach mm. to our nation that's something that we have to live and then right. when you're in the the business of ministry sometimes it's easy to say well i clock in i clock out right. I do this. and they do the men- yes no how do i do it because right. am i in a gr- life group am i in a small group am i in a home group am i going to bible study mm-hmm. because i want them to grow but how am i doing that and sometimes we think well i do that that's my job mm-hmm. but what are we doing personally to love connect grow and also serve how am mm-hmm. i serve maybe my my role allows me to serve whether that's in an outreach ministry or uh, or like i said in a home group or something like that mm-hmm. and uh, uh then the last thing is towel over the arm. We just want to, uh, ah, us right. to have a Service. culture where we serve one another, yeah. put a towel over our arm. And uh, so those are the six culture statements. And so that's how now we've tried to close that gap between when somebody's coming on to when they're part of our team yes. to where uh, they can just just uh, uh, get connected and, and understand better. 
I don't want people to miss what you just did there. So this is incredibly important for you as you lead, uh, particularly a multi-site church, but any church. Sure. As your team grows, you have to, those things that are implicit have to become explicit. So right. it takes time to kind of step back and say, what is it about the kind of people we want to create? What is it that's important to us? And how do we make that explicit? And 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 you've got to be super clear. You know, one of the things that just as a journey longer in leadership, that we we have to articulate it in as clear a manner as possible. And I love what you're doing there with those kind of six, you know, values or six approaches to the way you lead. And those become handles that then you just pound all the time with your team and reward and say, wow, like man, that's a great towel on the arm moment you just yeah. did there. That's a great, exactly. um, you know, this is a this is one of those we's greater than me moments. You know, yeah. I, I really thought this was a really good thing, but then Bob came along with this other deal and man, I, I'm so glad we're working together. Isn't it great to be on a team where we's greater than me? I'm not even on your team and I can repeat that stuff <laughs> back. Right, um, well, as an example of that, let's just last night we had mm -hmm. a uh, ministry team, our weekend ministry team, ushers, greeters, parkers, mm -hmm. uh, from all three campuses got together for a training and the leader uh, of that sent out an email to our whole staff that said wow thank you communications team for creating this great brochure that that took our content and made it look good mm. so that we can make make it better for our volunteers wow. and so that was an example of celebrating some of those things team to team mm -hmm. what that doesn't necessarily get seen by the rest of the church whether you're if you're a student minister or children's minister you wouldn't have any idea about that but then that reinforces to them you know what that communications team does that for us as well and what 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 a great overall team we have so it's just that reinforcement mm -hmm. of, of communication now when we opened our first campus here at liquid so i've, I've been at two different multi-state churches one or actually three different multi-state churches one was in canada called the meeting house then here I'm, i've been in jersey now six years we started a campus before i started on staff we got too far ahead of ourselves we yes. um we hired a, a very large team and that caused us some problems how have you guys kind of wrestle with those dynamics as you've started out, you know, your physical spaces are the same size, you know, how, how has that kind of impacted, you know, you as you've stepped forward? Well, you know what, as church leaders, we have a lot of faith, right? So yes. we were like, man, we're <laughs> going to open this campus. It's going to, to, uh, be the largest, you know, church in the world. And, and so right. we need to have a lot of people to uh, help us in that. And so what I've reckoned to learn uh, from experience as well is that you can get ahead of yourself. You yeah. can say, uh, for instance, we launched our first campus and I thought, well, this is going to be a certain size mm -hmm. in six months. I want to prepare for that. I want to I want to err on the side of we're ready for it versus mm -hmm. we're not ready for mm -hmm. it. So we actually probably hired a couple, about probably two people too many right. for what ended up happening. And then what I learned about the eight or nine months in is that they were kind of bored. Like there was not mm. enough for them to do, to do because yeah. of the, the the size of that. So what I learned is, you know, you can get ahead of yourself. It's easier to add than it is to subtract. And for us, we moved some people around into different right. uh, areas in the organization. Um, but but it's easier to add. So don't get ahead of yourself. We want to prepare for growth, mm -hmm. but you don't staff as if you're already grown. Yes. Because that's not guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And uh you know, but but here's what else I learned through that. You know, even though the expectations maybe didn't meet or, or the experience didn't meet, meet my ex ex expectations, you know, what I had to recognize is, well, the people that we're ministering to, those are who God has mm. chosen us to minister to. So we got to do the very best job. And so what we do is we just keep doing our best mm -hmm. day in, day out, and one conversation at a time. If we have a visitor, well, that's an opportunity for us to grow. So let's have a great conversation with them. Let's connect with them better. How can we get them to understand who we are as a church? Uh, how can we also get our people to continue to be inviting their friends and neighbors? 
and uh, understanding what the mission of hope is. So yeah, I think I think this is a good lesson. I, I think particularly I realize it's somewhat of a gold-plated problem in a fast-growing church, but we've experienced a similar deal where uh, the way I've articulated internally is, you know, we have to make sure that we're not, um, you know, applying magical thinking that. Um, that the, that our planning isn't connected to reality. That that and and I think one of the things that can be good, particularly for staffing for growth, is to benchmark what is happening at your church and what has happened at other churches when they've gone multi-site, and try to find some dynamic equivalents where you're like, you know, here's this other church. Hope would be a great example of that. Lean into that story. What was their growth actually like in the first year, second year, and you know, find half a dozen churches out there who have are experiencing a similar thing and find out what does that look, what could that look like. For for you yeah. um, rather than thinking, because we, we did the same thing where it was like, well, this is going to grow as fast as our first campus, which I haven't, frankly, haven't seen, um, mm. you know, that, that although there, you know, there is a growth spurt that takes place when you launch new campuses, sometimes it's a little different. And so, and, and you don't want to, you know, put undue expectation on the new campus team and all that, you know, you, you can get into all kinds of issues um, there. This has been a fantastic conversation. Is there anything else you'd like to share on the kind of you know, a healthy multi-site staff dynamics before we shift into the next part of the, you know, as we kind of wrap up the episode. Yeah, there's two two things I want to share. First of all, this, uh, this was, as I've been thinking about our conversation and, mm -hmm. and multi and, and staffing in general, because we're, we're in the hiring mode right now, uh, there's something that can be discouraging because sometimes you can feel like, well, I know there. How in the world are we going to find mm -hmm. the right people mm -hmm. to uh, come and and partner with us? And so I was reading this passage, and it, and it was encouraging to me. And it's a little mm -hmm. bit of a stretch, mm -hmm. but I wanted to share it with you guys as well. That's uh, why you're not a preaching pastor. Is that what we're that's saying? That's why I'm not a preaching pastor. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just kidding. Uh, in, in Second Kings chapter six, Elisha mm -hmm. uh, is uh, is is uh, the king of Aram has sent his armies to surround Elisha and his servant. And so mm. the servant wakes up the next morning uh, and they he, he goes out of the tent and looks around and says, oh my goodness, uh, the army is surrounded us. What are we going to do? Mm. How are we going to survive this? And I think, and 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 this is the stretch part, but I, I look at that and when I'm trying to find uh, mm. staff members, I look around and I'm like, man, there's where where, where, where are, are they? From? I don't know. Right. I can't. I can't. I can't, find I can't even yep. find the right the right people. Mm -hmm. And uh, but then Elisha comes out and he says, "God, I just pray that you would open his eyes." And uh, when mm -hmm. he opened his eyes, he he saw uh, on the hillside that that was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And mm -hmm. and uh, so what what it, what that encouraged me was like, you know what, God. I think God was speaking to me and saying, "You you you are only seeing." what you can see with your human eyes. Right. But if you can be see how I see and see that I've prepared so many mm. people uh, and, and there's there it's so much bigger than than what you think. So I just want to encourage uh, those of you that are trying to hire staff that that you know God has the right people and he's going to bring them at the right time and I have to encourage myself in that in that too. Uh, and speaking of hiring, uh, you know we're always hiring. We're hiring for a children's pastor, we're hiring for a videographer, we're hiring for a uh, addiction recovery pastor and uh, you can find out information about that at hopefellowship.net slash jobs. 
<laughs> nice. Well, that's great. What a great, uh, great plug. I'd love for people to check that out. Hope Fellowship is a great organization. You get to work with a nice guy like Mark. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round. That's the part of the episode where uh, we ask similar questions to everybody that's on the show, just to kind of wrap up the episode. Uh, today, we're super excited to have Mark Lunsford with us from Hope Fellowship in Frisco, te- Texas, a great church uh, that you really should be chasing down and following. God's doing some interesting things through this ministry, and I'd love for you to get to know them a little bit better. Mark, what is an online resource that you're using these days uh, that's helping you in your ministry? Well, uh, I'm going to share with you uh, a technology resource. It's not necessarily online, Mm -hmm. but this is something that we've used. And what I love is when our team is able to be creative uh, with uh, resources that are not necessarily right in the box thinking. So uh, a lot of times we think about how can we get distributed video? Mm -hmm. And like if you're in a one location, you're like, how can we wire all these TVs together to make sure that they're showing the same thing, whether that's distributed announcements or things like that. Mm -hmm. For us, we just recently upgraded our, what we call our welcome centers, where visitors come and connect and learn a little bit more about hope. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to have a loop of video playing at each one of those. These are at our different Mm -hmm. sites. So how can we distribute that? Yeah. and uh, so one of the things we did is we put a Roco book box mm. behind the TV, mm-hmm. and we actually had created a video. So in those cases, we stuck a USB port into that, and there's an app called uh, Nowhere USB or a channel mm. called Nowhere USB. And so now the staff they just go in there, they turn on the Roku, they click that Nowhere USB app, and now it plays that loop, and it's just oh, great, nice. great quality. And we didn't have to try to send that video from another place and get cabling from one. It's just right right there, local to the TV. Oh, uh, that's very Great. cool. And it's, uh, it's less clunky than you know a DVD player. And so, But also, now that you have that Roku player there, what we've done in the past is we do on-site Bible studies and classes. Yeah. And so sometimes we want to show an announcement mm-hmm. to every class. Mm-hmm. But instead of distributing a DVD and all of that, uh, now, since we have a Roku player on those boxes, we can uh, have them log on to the Vimeo channel where we've already uploaded a video mm-hmm. and they can show that before their class and that kind of thing. So cool. uh, Roku boxes, I, I tell you, it's been a really good uh, technology hack and a way to make it simpler for a distributed video. Very so cool. That's, so that's nowhere USB if people are looking, want to look that up. Just you can search that. that and find that online. That's very cool. Very cool. Love that. <laughs> What's a book you've read in the last six months that's kind of shaping your ministry or thinking? Well, uh, a friend of mine wrote a book. His name is Aubrey McGowan, and he wrote mm. a book called Mastering the Art of Trust. Mm. And uh, as we've been talking about staffing, and he was on our staff for a number of years, and uh, you know, the whole point of the book is the fact that you know, as we lead, that mm-hmm. having trust and mastering the art of trust is so important. Mm. And uh, so I just love uh, the concept of the book. In fact, for church leaders, there's a, there's a trust assessment that you can oh, give to your cool. uh, staff. And uh, Aubrey is just an incredible leader. And you can see, see more about the book and learn about what he does for churches and organizations at AubreyMcGowan.com. And cool. uh, I, I just, he's a, gr- he's a great leader. And I really believe in him, and, and I'm excited for what he's able to bring to other organizations. So mm. that's the, a book that that I, and I was just really proud when he, he gave me the opportunity to read it before he uh, sent it out. And I just was like, you know what, this is something that will be very helpful mm. to a lot of people like me and, as executive pastor. Um, and uh, so I wanted to share that with you guys. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what's another ministry you're kind of looking to to kind of you know inspire you these days? You know, I'm... 
I've been inspired for the last number of years by LifeChurch.tv, and I know they changed their name <laughs> to Life.Church. We all have but, to change uh, our name with the way we talk about them. <laughs> but uh, um, they were so helpful as we were starting our multi-site journey. In fact, they were when we, when we were starting, they were on their 15th campus, and they were like, this is kind of our prototype. And we are like, well, man, if you've learned through 15 campus, so we kind of took the model of their prototype campus as a mm-hmm. as a guide mm-hmm. for some of our our campuses but what but was is so inspiring to me is their just focus mm-hmm. on what they do mm-hmm. and also uh, their stewardship focus is a real uh, uh, inspiration to me just the, mm-hmm. the way that they uh, decide to spend their resources mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. they do that mm-hmm. uh, they're very focused on it and, and they're just an inspiration to me very cool. If you could get 15 minutes uh, with any leader alive, who would that leader be and why? Boy, I had to think through that a little bit, but uh, I'd say Jeff Bezos of Amazon. You nice. know, I, I think what they are doing. I'd love to sit in with you because I think this is a great one. I love Jeff. <laughs> what, what they are doing is just so disruptive. And for the last uh, 15, 16 years, as they have uh, really revolutionized a distribution of how to buy stuff and get it to you and how to read stuff and how to, you know, now I, I just honestly, I don't buy or any more physical media or books mm-hmm. because I, I don't have a place to put them as much, right. you know. So, um, and, and the fact that I can have that all in one device. Um, but some of the other things that that they're thinking about, um, how do we get, uh, the other day we ordered something through Prime Now and it gets mm-hmm. there in two hours and then you can see the person that's driving to your house. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but the other thing about what I what's inspiring about him as a leader is uh, it, it doesn't always just work. You know, mm-hmm. as a leader, you have to understand that you're going to try things and they're not going to work. So right. how do you respond to that? Right. And learning about uh, resilience and, and how do you respond when things don't exactly work the way that you expect them to, mm-hmm. that's inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would, I'd enjoy sitting in with him. Yeah, they're incredible. And, you know, I think Jeff particularly is an incredible leader. I would echo that. I, you know, as a fellow bald guy, I'd love to always oh, good to see another <laughs> bald guy, you know, make it in the world. Well, I'm, not, I'm not far behind. You're not, well, I don't know about that. You, got, you still have hair on your head, which is good. But, you know, they... The thing I find fascinating about them is, so yeah, there's this whole e-commerce side of what they do, but then there's this whole, their whole Amazon Web Services business, which, you know, you could argue like this, the podcast you're listening to is hosted on an Amazon server. Um, You know, the, so much of the undergirding of what's happening really in the kind of innovation side of the web is being driven by, is is all hosted on their servers. And it was a fairly revolutionary idea, revolutionary idea when they got into it. Um, And it's become the undergirding of so much innovation, um, which is, you know, fascinating. That's, that's great. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today, Mark, when you're, I'm sure, you know, you're a busy guy leading a a growing church. Um, When you're, you know, just looking to kick back, you know, relax a little bit. What is it you do to, you know, just have fun? Well, you know, uh, I've, as a parent, I know a lot, a lot of people that, that, connect on on this our our parents and so we spend a lot of time just managing what our kids are doing yes and uh, right now I have uh, three girls and the youngest is going to be 17 in just a couple of weeks and a couple of months but uh, and so we're in a new season where they're all working Mm -hmm. they all have access to cars and and so they're gone a lot of time and so my wife and I we're finding ourselves like okay well they don't need us, and right. so what do we do? So we're having to re-learn uh, what it means to uh, what, what, do we, what did we do before we had kids, and so right. we're kind of in like a pre-empty nest season. So what we've done is we've just uh, 
done a lot more of going to concerts, finding right. the other day we just saw there was a Greek festival in Dallas. So we're like, hey, let's just go to that. You know, Check so we're finding new new things to do. And uh, sometimes, but you have to be intentional because it's easy just to feel like, oh, you know what? I, I'm kind of tired. I'm just going to sit here. And then after three or four nights of just sitting around, you're like, man, I'm kind of, we got we to do something, do something. else. So, Very cool. Uh, so we're doing some of, the, some of that. I'm uh, going with a friend of mine to uh, about a, a, a few seats tickets to uh, Maverick, Dallas Mavericks this mm, season. So, cool. you know, but we have ability to do that now. And so it's a new season we're starting to explore and, mm. and uh, we're excited Interesting. about that. Well, that's cool. That's, uh, we're in the season before that. Our kids are in the, <laughs> the, the coming into teenage land. Um, you know, I now have two teenagers in our house. And so that's a, that's a fun phase to be in for sure. Well, well Mark, you will survive. It's yeah. Like, it, it, you know, every season is only temporary, <laughs> but also you have to enjoy each Yeah, time. I love it. I, I actually, I, you know, there are obviously there's challenging moments in it, but I actually love it. I think it's an interesting, it's obviously different and complex. Um, yeah. So Mark, I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with Hope Fellowship, how can they do that? Well, with Hope Fellowship, uh, our website is hopefellowship.net, and you can kind of see all that we're doing and, and read our story there and, and watch our messages online, that type of thing. Uh, for myself, uh, my Twitter handle is just Mark Lunsford, L-U-N-S-F-O-R-D. And uh, I mean, I'm not on there very much, but yes. they, you can do that. But if anybody is a church leader or if somebody has questions or they want to connect with me, they can feel free to email me at mark at hopefellowship.net. Very cool. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>